Welcome back. Thank you for joining us again for episode three of the Cycle Podcast series. Uh, today I'm joined by part of our front-end team. Uh, my name is Chris. If you don't know me from previous episodes, I am the Director of Customer Success for Cycle. Today we're going to dive into the refactored new version of our portal that, if you're watching this, should be live right now. Um, to my left, I have Nick. To my right, I have Grady. Say hi, guys. Yellow. Hello again. Nick is actually our newest team member. Do you want to introduce yourself, Nick? Yeah. My name is Nick, like you just said a second ago. <laughs> I'm from Dallas, Dallas, Texas, and I am joining you guys up here for a couple days up in Reno, which is absolutely amazing. Um, how long have you been coding? Uh, just about over a year now, about a year and a half. And what was your background before that? Uh, I was a musician full-time in Dallas, teaching, playing, doing all the musician kind of things. Right on, right yeah. on. So just decided, you know, music's enough and well, I uh, want to make a transition? Well, at the same time, or? I kind of decided, I, it's been a lifelong goal to learn how to code. So I kind of started teaching myself about a year and a half ago. Oh, excellent. And went that way and ended up spending about eight hours a day coding instead. That's amazing. It, yeah. It's really what it takes, a lot of dedication. So yeah. not just a, oh, I'm casually learning to code over the next year. It's yeah. eight hours a day, every day. Yeah, it was for fun at first, and then I realized the eight hours is like, okay, this is this is serious. This that's, is good. That's awesome. If, uh, if anybody's checking this out that's also trying to uh, follow that same path, are there any resources you want to plug? What, what were you doing? Who were, um, uh, how are you doing that? Yeah, uh, I mean, I started just by going online and doing some simple searches. I went to Codecademy, of course. I went to Free Code Camp. Did all the, the self-guided kind of stuff and just kept going. Whenever I got stumped, I would walk away and come back. Keep going from there. Right on, right on. Yeah. What was the biggest help? Was it, you know, uh, learning something and then building a project and like kind of yeah. playing around with that? Or I think, was it you know, like all those reading? introductory kind of things get you exposed to that material. But once you're once you're into it and you're starting to build projects, I kind of went the guided project kind of route and mm -hmm. started following along with videos that I could find with guided projects. And then I started working on my own projects and, you know, putting those kind of things that I've learned from Codecademy and from, you know, all the research that I've done, reading documentation, into action. And then you realize you get into that project and you don't know anything. You have to look it all up again. And that's when you really start to learn. Right on. Yeah. I've had a couple of those moments. Mm -hmm. um, especially when you have to in, use that material. In the infrastructure side now and uh, working with customers and, and, you know, interacting with their issues. And, you know, you quickly learn how much of uh, a search can be your friend. So. Yeah. Um, and it's also the same, and I don't know, if I'm, I'm sure that you still have to look things up, right, Grady? No, here I'm just that good. You just just have, that good. Is it fully yeah, indexed? Of course. Even, of course. Jake, have you, do you Google search anymore, or do you just have it fully indexed? Uh, probably about 20% of the time. <laughs> although, uh, it, although, although it hasn't been copy and paste in at least a decade now. That's oh, good. Wow. It, it used, it, when I first started the code, it was... Uh, a lot of Stack Overflow copy-paste. It, it, like, it, like, it was like 20% copy-paste. Now, yeah. now it's, it's, it's no longer that at all. I think my first the first program I ever wrote was probably all copy-paste. I don't know if you can say that you wrote it then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, a lot of people are you know, self-taught and... I always hear the same thing over and over and over again. It's like you can think about doing something all you want, you can read about doing something all you want, but until you do it, it just really never sticks. So until you try and then fail, and yeah. then birth by after you fail. Yeah. Birth by fire. That's so, our that's our motto. It seems like uh, yeah. And then you moved into being a, a contractor for a while. You almost even opened your own dev shop. 
Yeah. Um, you were looking, you know, and you were working off of Upwork and freelance and stuff like that. Is yeah. That, is that right? What was that experience like? You know, going into contracting wasn't much different from being a musician because as a, as a musician, you contract all the time. So you just take the skills you know you have and you try to deliver the best kind of skills to your customer yeah. and you're honest with them and you just want to make sure that they know what they're going to get, you know what you're doing and that you're going to be there for them when they need it. So. I took that kind of approach to jumping into contracting for coding, and it, it worked. People, you know, responded back pretty much instantly. Nice. Yeah. They probably might have seen a lot of your prior experience shining through management things, and you yeah, know, you I put that on there. There's no reason to hide that. Yeah. Well, uh, I would hope <laughs> not, right? Yeah. That's uh, those are very valuable skills, and those soft skills are becoming more and more relevant all the time, mm -hmm. uh, especially in the engineering space where communication. Um, my role in customer success, I, I see that growing really uh, just all over the place. Now everyone has a customer success department and things like that. It's just that communication layer is super important. So yeah. and building mm -hmm. that in probably, yeah. or, or having that experience as part of. It know. took a lot of research. I mean, just to transition over from music, music kind of contracts to coding mm -hmm. contracts, mm -hmm. you have to figure out what you need to say and what you need, make sure all the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed, you know? But you, you talk to people, figure out what they're doing and make sure that you're doing the same kind of things at least. I don't think I've ever said that correctly. I've, I've always I said, said did you I've always stumble? said crossed the I's and not the T's every single Did you hear me stumble time. when I said it though? It, I, 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 <laughs> I like, for a second, but that was like, uh, did you say it right? Because my brain, I, I'm like, is that, is that correct? It, but you nailed it. Um, and then now you're diving in, um, writing TypeScript, writing, yeah, uh, which you were already new. writing React, but TypeScript yeah. was a bit of a, Brand new, a new thing for you. So you spent two the first before, month with us just kind of uh -huh. diving into TypeScript. And um, I don't know if you and Grady want to kind of talk about what that onboarding was like. What what did you what did you focus on? I guess I'll, I'll move to you. What, well, what, what did you want to make sure that Nick was exposed to early on in case there's some uh, people that are looking to start moving towards TypeScript that are just doing React right now? Um, I mean, I think it started out as, well, one is we're in a position where we're trying to push out a new portal, right? So it's like, I'm, my time is very limited, mm -hmm. plus helping to maintain our current portal, plus then helping to onboard Nick, and like coming up with like uh, things that Nick can work on that's like a good introductory. So it's a lot of it started out with things that were less TypeScripty, mm -hmm. I feel like, um, and a lot more just, hey, here's like building React components in TypeScript, uh, mm -hmm. which is at face value is honestly really easy. I feel mm -hmm. like anybody could pick it up within a day. Most likely, just like building a basic React component within TypeScript, um, and then it, it took me longer than a day. Okay, I write a small amount of TypeScript here and there. <laughs> so if you but go setting, and try to start using TypeScript and it takes you longer than a day, don't feel bad. Setting up, I mean, yeah, okay, like setting up TypeScript, whatnot, but actually just, writing your first React component yeah. it should shouldn't take you more than a day. If it is, then if you maybe take a step back from sure, sure. from <laughs> from that, but uh, yeah, I mean, I I feel like it just started out. We started out slow and then got a little deeper and then started to get into Redux stuff and um, then Redux stuff with TypeScript and then how we kind of handle global typings and like all this. Mm -hmm. You got you right. It's like an onion, or what you know. It's a classic example, except uh, we're building from like the core and then adding layers on mm -hmm. as we go out, where it's just getting broader and broader and you can start to see how things connect more. At least. I hope that's what's happening because yeah. if it's not, then there's other things going on. I here. mean, I think that's how you explained it to me when I was asking about, um, you know, when we had talked about Nick and uh, your onboarding 
Um, just my background as in customer success, I always want to kind of peek my head in whenever anyone's being educated. And I'm yeah. sure you probably have those same emotions. I know that you come from an education style background with some of your music stuff. Yeah. Um, and I know that you actually got to peek at what we'll call the old portal. Yeah. Right. The currently live portal. Yeah, it was and then you, the you also um, have now been working in our new refactored <laughs> portal. And being someone that just uh, started with React a, a year and a half ago, you know the new the new portal was was much more familiar. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that's I guess that's good. To, it's modern. But can you talk about a little bit of uh, what's changed? What what did the old portal kind of look like, and, and what what do uh, sure. some of the users have to look forward to with this new one as far as the technology goes? I think the uh, the first place to start is really comes down to we. Um, we were doing so much dev that we kind of forgot to update packages. Like, if we're being real about the situation of what's going on, like, and what happens is things get too far to date. We're three versions behind on this. We're two versions behind on this. Mm -hmm. And then you go to bump a version on something, um, and you bump it up one version or you, whatever. You bring it up to the newest version, up yep. to the latest, and all of a sudden it breaks your... The entire portal, which at the time, I think old portal was around, like, 90,000 lines of code or something Ooh. like that not including our UI library, which is entirely independent, or our separate TypeScript library for our API. So it's a lot of code to deal with, right, when you're managing all mm -hmm. these packages. So like, that's that's where the initial idea started, from what I understand, because uh, Refactor started, or the branch of it started before I joined Cycle. Um, and it, uh, it kind of went down the path of, well, do we continue with this old portal and then slowly bump packages or do we say let's see how well we can optimize what we have mm -hmm. while just while porting everything over with the newest versions possible right so taking it one step at a time so like that was the biggest thing is like we were able to optimize uh, or bring all a bunch of packages pretty much every package is within a version release and or a couple uh, minor releases so it's like they're all very relatively speaking very up to date, and um, there's like performance benefits from that. There's more options in terms of like us for what we can display via the UI. Like our selects work a lot better now. Mm -hmm. For example, um, there was an issue on a form I'm sure you know about with uh, what was it? Image or I can't remember something to do with images, where you would type something in, and if you didn't hit enter, it would remove that from the actual select itself, and it was stuff like that. Like we were running version one of that. Yeah. Now, now we're I running version understand. four. As the maintainer of the documentation, <laughs> I completely understand what it's like to uh, be using a version of a node package that could potentially be considered behind. Or deprecated. Or or deprecated. Which means, hey, which, goodbye. <laughs> which, Nick, also you got to kind of jump into, and you're currently in the process of uh, for me kind of updating a few of those things. Yeah. Um, and I very much appreciate it. In that, the docs, so. yeah. And, and I'm not going to take this on too much of a tangent, but I do want to mention it's it's funny because you mentioned, you know, you came on and um, that was a long time ago. And this branch had started. We had started thinking about what this would look like. And the first thing you do is you start dealing with, well, what, you know, what packages we want to use and, and how will we manage these dependencies and, and things like that. And it's kind of a kind of a good way to talk about cycle because I have so many uh, conversations with our customers where they're asking, you know, well, what do I have to do with um, with cycle to uh, do this or to do that? And what I'm alluding to is that 
with with cycle users they never have to deal with those problems right yeah with the platform being always up to date it's just so nice to know that that's completely abstracted away that cycle is going to handle that um and the fact that it took so long for us to kind of make those decisions on you know okay what will we update to um what will be relevant in this next portal i think it's super important to think about when you're a, a cycle user you don't really have to think about those things but not to detract too much um i know that we kind of had a couple really specific ideas moving into this new refactored portal yeah uh, do you want to dive into some of the, some yeah. of the top level things that our customers were really excited about i mean i think the biggest the the biggest ones are um how much faster the portal is from initial benchmarks which could be out of date but it was somewhere pages were loading around 30 percent faster mm -hmm. uh which if you are using our portal as your for work that's mm -hmm. a lot of time Huge. over the course of like a year that's a lot of time seeing less loading screens i know right? all the uh vim engineers out there are like well 30 percent take that <laughs> they'll take uh, i think a half percent so yeah so that's it's a huge improvement it's huge right so and that was and i and it's possible it's even faster now i i have would have I doubt it's any slower. Um, mm -hmm. It's possible it's faster, but that was around maybe like two or three months ago mm -hmm. um, when I was running some performance tests on it, uh, comparing it to old portal. I mean, the other thing too is we reduced uh, the number of API requests. By uh, a lot, right? By substantially. So I need to go back. I have all the old benchmark numbers from old portal, mm -hmm. um, but last time I checked, it was a 45%-ish, 47% reduction in API requests while maintaining more accurate data. Okay. so. So far, we've covered the 30% benchmark increase in speed, mm -hmm. the reduction in the API calls, and yep. then one thing that I know our customers will really enjoy and after uh, interacting with customers over the last three years pretty regularly, um, every once in a while, there's an inconsistency in state in the old portal, yep. right? So like a container will be running, but it might show starting or... Um, sure. You know, in or maybe some of the inst underlying instances states yeah, aren't messing yeah, up correctly. Absolutely. Do you want to talk about rebuilding the stores for the new portal? Um, how big of a commitment that was and why it was so worthwhile? Six hours? Uh, <laughs> can no. you do it in five minutes so we can <laughs> yes. dive into maybe one or two more topics? Yeah, no, definitely. So, uh, I mean, I think that the, the, the biggest thing with going with how we handled um, our store in our new portal, if there's one thing I guess that's a major takeaway is, we're now pulling in state from our notifications, from our platform notification pipeline, um, which we weren't doing before. Um, at least we weren't doing before on really any sort of a consistency, any sort of a really consistent basis across the portal. So now instead of a notification coming down saying like, hey, guess what? This container's restarted. Mm -hmm. Uh, really quick before you go any further, yeah. our notification pipeline is a WebSocket. Yes, it is. And a web uh, this is something that's also part of the public API that we had mentioned earlier. Something you subscribe to, yep. and then updates come down. Yep. And those those updates are the result of jobs. Uh, they are the result of basically just things taking place on on the platform, right? Okay. I mean, that's in, in essence what's going on there. Yep. So so it's like it's it's keeping you informed about what's going on. It's almost like an instant, instant messenger. Like okay. that's kind of like the easy way to think of it. And it's really cool because instead of it being where all of our customers on our portal have to use pull, mm -hmm. we can actually push all of these notifications. And so that way you're not just sitting there asking for new information. You know the second that, oh, not even the second, you know within 100 milliseconds of when it happens. Yeah, and it's no API, it's no hit against our API requests. So it's, you're, it's a good spot to be in. So we kind of said, well, if we have this whole pipeline of information, why, why aren't we using it, mm -hmm. right? So instead of us 
getting a notification coming down saying, hey, guess what? This container, this this instance has started uh, with the instance ID, whatever, XYZ, all this information that's in there. Um, and then making an API request saying, hey, let me go fetch all this new information on this instance. Well, as it turns out, if it's a state change, it's just a state change. All that we're changing is saying whether it's running, stopping, you know, deleting. If it's deleted, that's a different story. Or if it's created, then we go and fetch. But there's all these notifications we get in the middle between basically creation and fully deleted where we don't have to make API requests. Um, and so that was that's kind of like, I guess, how those two things fit together. That was probably the biggest change to our store, relatively speaking. It became easier to, easier to read. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, says you, yes. <laughs> yeah, you accidentally <laughs> saw Old Portal. Um, and you got into the store and you just kept scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. Yeah, you can see everything within a couple seconds. There's it's a really, lot in there. So I can say I noticed it. I, I, I do a, a ton of the QA work with you all. And I know Nick has started to help me a lot, which has been a huge help. But one thing that I always do is I will push as many buttons as I can, as fast as I can, just to try to throw the state into disarray. Yep. And the new portal build, uh, it handles it so much better. It's just yeah. so it's so much faster and so much, uh, it, and for it to be so much better is is really crazy because old portal handled it well. So it's you know it wasn't something that was always wrong. It was generally always right, but it's just so much faster. And on top of that, it's almost. You know, it's it's more right, which is, is a great experience. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I think the the biggest thing with it is at face value, it looks almost identical, mm -hmm. right? Like you're like, oh, okay, so there's like, some tweaks. Yeah, I think yeah, there's some UX. You're the, you're selling yourself short there. It's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. There's there's there are some UX tweaks, but I mean, like overall, if someone's a if someone's a, a user who's already been with us, let's say for a sure. year, okay, they're gonna go right. All right, some stuff's changed. It feels faster. Right, right, Things right. are quicker, but I mean, like. That's because it's a product of you know us spending. It's not that update that comes out, and it's like, uh, <laughs> where did you put this? Yeah, it wasn't yeah. going to OS 11, mm -hmm. right? Versus OS X, it's not right, like that. Right. Where all of a sudden all the icons change. Or like, when ClickUp updated uh, a few weeks ago, and you, all your key binds. <laughs> all of my like, key bindings broke. My productivity, it's 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 plummeting. So um, that's awesome. You know, we have the huge benchmark upgrade. We have the API reduction. We Better have loading. State re, re, and that's and that's all live now if you're watching this. Um, but then there is also a follow-up. It, yep. It's almost like uh, several phases of this new portal. Yep. Um, what What's coming? I know that I, I have a, a kind of a an inside ear to this. I, I actually know the answer, but <laughs> I think it maybe sounds Sounds better. like a loaded question. It man. sounds better when you say it, right? You know, from the engineering team. Tell us from the engineering side what's, so, what's coming. So we are going to implement um, a global search functionality, which will be super, super cool. So if you have an idea of something or if you're searching for, um, I don't know, let's say you want to find an instance and you have no idea what, what container it's inside of, you can just search from anywhere, any page, inside mm. the entire portal, and then it'll Go, go on your way. I will use that. Yeah, all the time. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to use it. it. I will break that as well. I'm sure you will. <laughs> I so it will be very well QA'd. Yes. Um, and then same thing. So search functionality inside of query tables, um, mm -hmm. which is kind of, those are one and the same in some in some essence. They'll most likely use um, the same underpinning. Um, but still, point being is global search functionality across our entire application, which will be huge. Um, that'll be huge for some users, especially someone... Uh, like we have a customer who say they deploy, I don't know, 50, 60, 70, 100 containers, mm -hmm. and then hundreds or tens or five, 600 instances mm -hmm. on each one of those containers, and you're trying to find a single ID. 
well, now it's going to be easy as pie to find it. Like, it's right. just, it's so easy. You're not having to go into your URL. So when you're trying to use or your, all of those, um, you know, cycle tools that are built in, like, uh, you know, the two-way console, yep. or if you wanted to migrate an instance or any of the portal-based tools, you know, now instead of trying to search through this giant list, it's as simple as searching. Or yeah, if you're take, looking for right the there. container and then, you know, yeah. it, and that's, that's going to be huge. I know that um, even in the QA sessions that I do, I'll create so many different assets that finding the one that I want to find, yep. it can become time consuming and saving mm -hmm. that little bit of time is going to be huge. So yeah, so that's that's a big feature, mm -hmm. right? So it's going to be a massive productivity increase for our uh, end user, um, as well as even us internally using our own portal. Um, we are also going to implement uh, environment secrets. Yes. Which I know you like a lot, so I'll let you talk about that a little bit. Uh, I'll talk about it a little bit. Uh, environment level secrets will basically let you define uh, secrets in what we'll call a secrets config, and they're at the environment level, so you can consume them instead of defining them in your containers um, from the from the cycle side, right? So cycle provides that almost as a service. Um, it's just a security uh, feature that people have been asking for, our customers have been asking for for. I don't know, a little while now, and it's something that we definitely want to deliver on. Yeah, um, I mean, like the ability to lock out uh, different levels of access to secrets, right? So, like, who has the ability to actually use this use this secret? I believe that's one of the functionalities that we're going to implement. Yeah, we'll uh, you'll be able to define what container is going to access the secret. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, whether that secret is uh, available via an environment variable or whether someone has to ask for it over the internal API. Uh, so there's lots of lots of options there. Yeah, it, from the actual development side, um, there's there's so many applications. From my end, uh, first of all, I know that the customers will be more productive with it because I'll be using it in QA and I won't have to enter the same environment variable mm -hmm. over and over for container after container. Yep. I'll just yep. pull it, I'll set it once in an environment and then, then I'll just pull that whenever I want. Yep. Have but don't and, have to worry about it. Yeah, and that's just so powerful for me. Um, yeah. And so if I'm using it and I'm feeling like it's a powerful tool, I know that that'll translate to our customers really well. Yeah. Um, and then I think there was one more for uh, release two that you were pretty excited about. Um, well, let's see, what, 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 what was that third one? Holy crap. I can't think right now. My oh, that was Jake. Jake, I, Jake was excited about it. What was the? It was it, it was something new that we are what we call sneaking in to the second release candidate because that's already a huge release. Oh, for oh, the second candidate. It was. I know what it was. It was a uh, more load balancer stats, if I remember correctly. There you go. Yes, um, that took me a second to rip out of the back of my brain. Somewhere. I see. I don't have the plug installed yet. You know. Okay. I'm okay. not. I'm not connected up You're to the not, matrix. So if anybody. Uh, <laughs> saw our first episode I was talking about gaining skills as being plugged into the matrix so don't have that yet uh -huh. that, that's coming with version 3 of the portal <laughs> um, I get a personal one of those but uh a personal wow. yeah yeah just for me okay just for me um, <laughs> but yeah so basically the ability to see more stats about what's actually your load balancer mm -hmm. is doing um, and that'll be big to users so they'll be able to see things like um, what response codes have happened recently right so like 200s 400s 500s things like that um, they'll also be able to see traffic uh, where traffic's being directed to in terms of uh, what containers are being hit um, stuff like that right so it's, it's giving our users the ability to have a ton of information without needing to do like anything mm -hmm. they just have to use cycle that's it but if but you know it's like it, it allows them to see 
all this aggregate information so they can be like, why is my application hitting 500s like over and over and over and over again? Like something is clearly not right here. Um, or even if it's only one instance is returning 500. Yes. Like yeah. right now there's no way of knowing that. Um, but once you have, uh, with, with the, new load, the new load balancer stats, uh, you'll be able to see like what are, what are, what, what HTTP codes is each instance resolving. So that way if there's a weird error that you didn't even know, maybe one of your instances didn't properly connect to your database or sure. something. Yeah. You'll be able to find out. So it's stuff like that, right? Like it's, it's a, that'll be a, a bigger bump in terms of this quick apparent, oh, these are new features mm -hmm. in terms of our second phase of our portal, uh, of our current portal that should be out right again that should be out right now but um that should be a big big improvement in terms of what our end users will be able to have access to just feature wise again like i'm super stoked for search as a dev i will use that constantly yeah. um i mean internally when we will pass each other ids and then sometimes forget to uh put what that id goes to I'm, i have a bad <laughs> habit of just pasting a screenshot and moving on because i'm like all right here's the error i'm gonna I'm in the middle of a test and I didn't expect this or something. And um, so I'm sure that'll be helpful for me to be able to convey that information a little better. You're going to be joining me more on QA, uh, yeah. you know, as part of the learning process. And we do that as a team. And I, I really enjoy that. Um, have you, you've, you've done some so far and you've actually been finding uh, more and more bugs. Has that helped you uh, on your journey and in, yeah. learning some of this new tech? Exploring all the different features that Cycle offers, you know, that gets mm -hmm. you in there. You have to understand what they do. You have to understand how they work and the multiple ways to use them. So yeah, definitely finding those little bugs, little little things that would help elevate this one more level up. We are the last line of defense yeah. for our customers. <laughs> and I take that take that role pretty seriously. Yeah. Uh, one thing we didn't mention, we have some great donuts. I don't know if any of you have. I haven't had one yet, but I think I'm gonna grab one now. If you're ever in Reno, it's from Donut Boys. And what should we go with here? This one's orange. Jake, what flavor is orange? I don't know. Orange, yeah. <laughs> orange. I wonder if it's citrus. It kind of smells orangey from here. I bet it's going to taste at least good. half like sunscreen. Because I had a donut earlier. One? Yeah, sure. You have to eat. It's I don't want to try this alone. <laughs> it is orange. Mm. Pretty good. It's literally the <laughs> flavor that you would think, like, if you said... Oh, it tastes like orange. It's like orange Gatorade flavored. <laughs> that's um, that's like mostly peel and sugar. I think it's called rind. Rind. You're eating the rind. Okay, sure. Right? Maybe. I could be wrong. I don't. I. You know, it's it's funny because I think that I get corrected on food items more often than <laughs> I do on anything else, and maybe it's just like revenge for bringing up so much stuff in QA. <laughs> the front end team wants to. Wants to come after me. Anyways, just um, a little bit. <laughs> I know that it's been a, a quite a long show so far. So thank you guys so much from. Oh, Jake's sneaking in. There it is. Blueberry, Blueberry is the best. Thank you for joining us. I know yeah. it's been a long episode. Uh, oh, we're trying gosh. to cover some really relevant uh, content for our users, for our future users, for those interested in tech, for those interested in containers and cloud. So we do appreciate you tuning in for these podcasts and we will continue to release them more and more often. And we would love, love, love to hear back from you if you see this on YouTube, if you see it shared on LinkedIn or Facebook, 
please drop us a comment or a like what you want to hear about um, maybe some other topics that maybe we missed or if you'd like to point out at any point if Grady was wrong about something I'm wrong perfect. all the time so Very it welcome. should happen multiple times an episode <laughs> <laughs> that's all for today thank you so much and we'll see you later nice Adios. to meet y'all